Welcome to the Community Podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Britt. And we're best friends. As mothers, when we aren't changing poopy diapers or burning casseroles, our passion is empowering women and providing the support of a community to help navigate life's journey. Welcome to our community, a group of women who are eager to heal themselves while supporting others on the same journey. We're We're stronger stronger together. together. Welcome to the Community Podcast. You guys are in for a treat today because we have Dr. Kim Stuck, who's going to teach us all about women's hormones, what we're doing wrong, what we need in our life. This woman has so much knowledge. We've been talking to her offset, and I wish we would have got it recorded because, dude, she's legit, and she is going to teach us so many things. But before we go into all that goodness, we want to ask a few questions because that's what we do. So Kim... If someone were to write a book about you, what would it be called? Oh, that's a hard one. That would be called The Wild Times and Rough Rides of Kim Stuck. (laughs) It's a Western. (laughs) I want you to know she's a doctor, but has a full, like, it's not even a sleeve. What do you have? It's a half sleeve. Yeah, a little half sleeve. It's a zombie on the side. Yeah, I wish you guys got video. She's a hot doctor. Yeah, she's a badass. Blonde, beautiful, with this sweet tattoo. And we didn't even know this, but she also has delivered babies. Like, we didn't even know we were going to talk about that. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay, so this is kind of going to tie into everything that we're talking about today. How do you define beauty? How do I define beauty? Um, that is actually a really good question. My definition of beauty is really, it's very subjective. It's very personal. Um, for, you know, for me, uh, I like to have a more youthful look. And I think most people do. Um, but also feeling, you know, feeling good all, all in your, you know, having, having that youthful body, um, eating well, all of that plays into beauty. So it's really in the eye of the, whole, of the beholder, you know, like that's kind of a stupid saying, but whatever. Um, most, most women want kind of a natural, um, when, you know, when I do injections, they want a natural look. So we don't really go overboard skincare. Um, but, but beauty really is just what, sh- how you feel about yourself. Um, you know, the biggest thing I ask my patients when they come in is what bothers you the most Mm. about yourself. And then if we fix that, then they start to feel better about themselves and see themselves as more beautiful. So Mm. I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. That is cool. Kim, tell us about yourself. Are you a mother? Like, how did you get your doctorate? Like, what's a little bio? Oh yeah. So, um, I actually am a mother. I had, (laughs) I have a 17 year old daughter. She'll be 18 soon. And then I have two boys from a second marriage, uh, that I just got divorced from. So, uh, Oh, I'm so, I'm recently divorced too. So I'm, (laughs) yeah. Congratulations. We'll we'll probably (laughs) try not to do that again, but you know, yeah. Live and learn, (laughs) live and learn. Yes. Right. But my daughter, um, when she, I started going back to school when she was about two or three. So she's basically seen me go straight through undergrad and then my grad where I got my doctorate at the U. Um, I graduated in 2016 and started practicing uh, delivering babies, but I always did injections on the side. So I I started doing injections immediately. Um, In about 2020, I got into the male hormone side and bioidentical hormones um, because I've always had a background in women's health. And so I know quite a bit about women's hormones, right. um, just doing OBGYN care. 
so yeah, so I started uh, delivered babies up until 2021, and then went full time to do the bioidentical hormones, the injections, the weight loss, sexual health. Um, there's just so much you can do with it. Um, that I started doing that full time. Opened a business last July, which has been growing quite well. Right. So. Yeah, she was telling us off camera, she single-handedly is taking care of 250 women all at once. Like <laughs> women and women. Yeah. Women, women and women. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so it's, you do both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I am actually one of Kim's patients and I have been for about eight months now. Yeah. I, I um, came from a different clinic and I found Kim and I've just been so happy and she's so smart and I've actually never felt better. And I want all of our listeners to learn all these things that I learned so they can also feel their very best. Good, good. I'm so glad. See, this is this. These are stories, and when I hear back the feedback from my patients, that make me so happy and love what I do. Yeah, and and she's a wealth of knowledge. I remember when I first met her on my first intake, she just like knew exactly what I needed. She was like, "Okay, let's check your progesterone, let's check your testosterone," and you're kind of like, "Testosterone? That that seems like a man thing." But um, I'm happy to say that I give myself a shot in the butt every week, and I don't have a mustache. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. The older we get, the and women don't make much testosterone anyways. You know, that's funny. The most testosterone that we do make is in pregnancy. So if you were really? ever kind of horny in pregnancy, uh-huh. that would be why. Um, okay. I've always I was wondered. Such, I was so horny when I was pregnant. So that's the second trimester boost that you get. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's go back to um, your OBGYN days because I think they actually go together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk about how did you get into that? What did you see in there? So I've always been passionate about women's. Um, it's just kind of always been something that's been, you know, dear to me. And I've always wanted, I love birth, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole thing is just, it's amazing. And I never get tired of it. It's definitely a stressful job. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I got into that's that's why I got into it. It's just it was a passion for me. Um, I always have been uh, wanting women to take care of their health, and I always wanted to help them take care of their health and own you know own their bodies, yeah. know more about their bodies. It's just so much teaching, especially where we live. Yeah, um, you know, for younger women that don't mm-hmm. get that growing up. So I you know I, I teach them about their hormones, about their cycles, about their anatomy. Um, and so, you know, that was a lot of what I did in clinic, you know, annual exams, pap smears, um, you know, problem visits, that kind of thing. And then the delivering babies on the side, you know, my philosophy really is, you know, what kind of birth do you want as a certified nurse midwife, um, delivering in a hospital, you know, you kind of can have the best of both worlds. You can go unmedicated, you can get an epidural, but you're still supported and you have that whole time because I'm there with, you know, you're there with your patients the entire time. So I'm so curious because you deliver babies. Is it pretty 50-50 women are choosing unmedicated versus medicated or is it more heavily medicated? More heavily medicated, even even with midwives. Um, We have a larger percentage that that would go unmedicated, but Mm -hmm. most women, I still prefer an epidural. Okay. Even with a midwife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, what's like your stance on epidurals? I have no problem with epidurals. In fact, um, you know, these days they're very, very safe. It's safer than some, you know, some women would want to try, you know, for pain medication, but we can give fentanyl because it gives, it goes out really quickly. Oh, okay. As long as you're not close to delivery, it's just got a short half-life. 
Um, so, but an epidural, I feel like is, is much safer. It's a safer way. Yeah. So do they, cause I remember looking into it and I like hypnobirth and all this stuff. Is it, <clears throat> does it do anything as far as like blocking your oxytocin or like bonding chemicals or any of that stuff? It hasn't been shown to do that. No, okay. no. And it, as long as you're going it, so the difference would be if you're being induced and okay. being given oxytocin. And really, the bonding there, it doesn't change with that. It's just you're not producing more of your own endorphins to counteract it. So it feels like it might be a little bit like a harder birth okay. if you're induced and you're okay. unmedicated, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. But the epidural, no, to basically is just a nerve block, doesn't touch the baby, just blocks those nerves. Um, and you can even like, we, I'd have patients sidelining. I've even had patients go hands and knees like with really? an epidural. Yeah, if you can get them there. So see, I wish I wish like I would have been given that opportunity. Yeah. Like I didn't even know I could go on my hands and knees because I just want the traditional like in the OBG one. Yeah. And I've done unmedicated I have four kids. Three were with an epidural and the fourth was unmedicated. And and tell me if this is wrong or right. I felt like without the epidural, it was so much easier. Like my recovery was different, but uh, was it all in my head? No, no, it's not all in your head. The recovery is easier. Okay. Yeah. You're up and moving around. Um, I had an epidural with my first and my last two, I did not have an epidural with and much, much easier, you know, you're much easier recovery. Yeah. You're, yeah. And you're bonding with baby breastfeeding them immediately. Right. You you're can just, feel your legs. Yeah. You can feel everything. You can get up and walk to the bathroom. Yeah. So. I, I'm interested because we're in a room full of women who've done both. Um. Did anyone else have this experience? When I gave birth unmedicated, there was something inside of me, like more like emotionally that like changed. Like I felt like the baddest ass woman on planet earth. It's true. Like I had this high and I still go back. It was five years ago. It was a shift, such a big shift in my life. It's still the moment that like shifted me into this like new version of Robin. It's very empowering. Yeah. It's very empowering knowing that you do that and that your body can do that. Right. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Did you guys have those similar experiences? Yeah. And I, re- I, I love that you are a midwife as well. Um, because that's the route I went in and it was just more for like the freedom. Mm-hmm. I didn't want all of, all of, I didn't want to give the whole experience off to like, um, uh, you know, medical doctors and all of the, you know, I wanted the experience to really be mine. And I would almost say my birth experience with my, my boy CJ was like spiritual. Yeah. Same with mine. Because I got to, I felt like I really got to listen to myself and it's really cool what your body can tell you and what it can do. Like I would be like, I need to move my hips or I need to do Mm -hmm. this. Like it gives you directions. Your body knows what it wants Mm -hmm. to do and how it's feeling. And if you listen to it, Mm -hmm. I felt like it went so much quicker. I was way more comfortable and the whole process felt like I just really got to own it and be a part of it. And that's what I really loved about it. Yeah. What's interesting is, so I have four kids. I tore on all three with an epidural, but on the one I was unmedicated, I didn't because I could feel when I was like pressing too hard and I would stop my body uh-huh. and like, and I, I didn't have a midwife. I still had a doctor and he was like, push, push. And I kept saying, no, like, I don't want to push right now. And I'd stop and I didn't tear. That was the only one I didn't And your on. baby was just fine. Exactly. Just fine. <laughs> he was perfect. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, is there, you talked about, I want to teach women how to take care of themselves 
to know their bodies, all the things. So what are some tips that women, when they get pregnant, that they can do to make the pregnancy easier on their body? So, um, it that, that really just depends on, you know, kind of what kind of birth they want, but eating well, exercising and exercise is such a big thing. If you can stay active and be active and I know it's hard, like first trimester, you're sick. Mm -hmm. Second trimester is okay, but third trimester, you're huge. (laughs) If you can keep (laughs) active and just eat, you know, eating healthy, not gaining a bunch of weight, mm-hmm. um, and just taking care of your body. Those are the biggest, those are the biggest things that you can do to have a healthy pregnancy. Um, and you know, I recommend like always like Epsom salt baths, stuff like okay. that. Yeah. Cause you absorb that magnesium through there and it's kind of a relaxant. Um, what about supplements? Like what, what can women be taking the minute they find out they're pregnant? So women should always be taking, if they're like a prenatal vitamin, obviously it has the folic acid in it. Really, you need that on board a few months before to prevent any um, like spina bifida or neural tube defects. Um, But supplement wise, you know, vitamin D is amazing. I think pretty much everybody should be taking a vitamin D supplement. Every time I check in, if they're not on one, their vitamin D is low. It's just kind of a thing and you almost can't go too high. You, you know? can't overdose on vitamin D. I mean, it's a fast soluble vitamin. You don't want to take go crazy on it, but yeah, like most of the time you're just, you're not going to get too high. Okay. Here, so. so on this subject, cause I take a lot of vitamin D mm-hmm. and I actually talked to a lady and she's like, why do you take so much? But don't you, you don't absorb all of it when it's in no. pill form, right? No, you don't. So how much do you actually absorb? That is a good question. And I don't know that I know the full answer to that. Um, it really depends on what else you have in there. Do you have enough calcium on board? Do you, you know, what else, what else are you eating that's going to help you absorb that? That's why like natural forms of vitamin D and like obviously the sun, mm-hmm. you know, you're absorbing all of that. Um, but then we worry about skin cancer. So it's like, mm, there's this balance there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I don't, probably maybe 50%. And yeah. that, that's what I had heard yeah. is around 50%. Yeah. So what other things can we take? Cause I know other supplements can come into play with supplements to make them easier to absorb for our bodies. So I always recommend a vitamin D3 with like a K2 in it. Okay. So that um, you're going to absorb a little bit better. And then a calcium supplement on top of it, but a multivitamin should have enough calcium because you only absorb about 500 milligrams of calcium at a time. Okay. And so anything above that, you, you know, it's just too much. Yeah. So um, same with magnesium. Magnesium is a good supplement to take, although it doesn't really have an effect on absorption of vitamin D, but um, that's one that's just always... It's good for, it's nice, relaxant, helps everything move smoothly. So when I listened to this, I'm like, oh man, I did all my pregnancies wrong. I was taking like nothing, nothing. And they all turn out healthy, but I'm guessing most of our listeners are not giving themselves even during pregnancy or just living day to day. They're not actually in optimal health hormonally. Would you agree? Um, that one, as far as when they're not pregnant. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot. It's, and it's hard, the whole, especially the older we get. So 35 and above, you should definitely get your hormones checked. I mean, you know, we have issues with fatigue. We have issues with libido. You know, we, we don't feel very great. Our skin doesn't look, you know, awesome. Uh We're just kind of dragging. And I know they're like, it's normal. You have kids. You should be tired. That's (laughs) that's what me and Britt were saying is that there's like this standard that like, it's just okay to feel like crap because we're moms and we're working and we're tired. But I think that you're 
you're breaking the trend and saying, actually, it's that's not normal. I can help you feel way better. Yes, it's true. And testosterone is a huge one that okay. helps women feel better. As testosterone, as women, we don't make much testosterone, but optimally we can treat to higher levels without virilizing you, making you into a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like the side effects can be pretty minimal mm-hmm. um, and it can help with libido, with energy, with fat loss, with muscle gains, just all sorts of stuff. I've been on testosterone for the last three and a half years uh-huh. or no. Yeah. About three and a half years. And I've loved it. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. And at first when I was told I should take that, I was really hesitant mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, like, I just was uneducated. I thought it was something only for males and I didn't want to like be this big muscle man or grow a beard. And I kind of had to be nudged a little bit. And I'm sure a lot of women are like, I don't know. I've never felt better. I have an incredible high sex drive. Finally, I feel like my hard work at the gym is paying off. Like I can actually see results. I have a ton of energy and I'm like, man, is testosterone like the magic Mm -hmm. little pill or shot that no one knew we needed. <laughs> I, it's it's so true. I always say it's not fair that women don't make much testosterone and that men get all of it. Yeah, for <laughs> real. But I've been going to a clinic that my husband goes to, but now we need to switch to you. Yeah. But that place is jam-packed full of men. So I don't even know that men are optimistic optimally making testosterone. No, men don't either. And I do treat a lot of men. Yeah. And and we can, even if their numbers are within the normal range, I air quote that. Yeah. Because like 260 men are feeling like their quality of life is bunk. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not feeling good. So yeah, a lot of men, it helps with uh, same things. Really, really good with like, you know, rectal function, sex drive, that kind of thing that decrease. Where have you been going? Um, ageless. Yeah. Yeah. And Draper. I had a lot of girls. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We're all referring you to Kim now. She's the best. Um, so what is the root of this though? Like, does this go back for women? Is it having babies that throws off a lot of our hormones? No, not necessarily. Your hormones should go back to normal after you have a baby. Um, honestly, I think a lot of hormone imbalance is, you know, Look at what we have in our diet and our lives, and not not just diet, but everything we're exposed to. Is like everything's an endocrine disruptor, basically, that we're exposed to here. And so, you know, just living. Yeah, I was I was online and I went like down a rabbit hole, uh-huh. and it was talking about like all the lotions mm-hmm. and stuff that are like have hormones in them. Like it said, mm-hmm. Dove was really bad. Oh wow! Yeah, I, that one I didn't know. See, okay, oh, yeah. and we—that's like a staple at our house. Like, yeah. yeah, that's food storage. Everything yeah. we have dove, 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 dove. Everything. Yeah. She's like, I'm not doing dove anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, how often do you think women should like get their hormones checked? So typically, we do. I do a full intake, and then it kind of depends on what everybody's. You know, it's all, all personalized. Um, it depends on what we have you on and what you need. Um you know, for managing things every three months is typically what I do. Okay. If everything looks good and it's, you know, we're maybe just treating your thyroid and your progesterone, you know, six months is a good, you know, follow-up thing. But I would say at least starting, you know, by the age of 35, you should be getting your hormones tested. And I have younger women come in. Um, There's not a whole lot of 
like I, we can't do testosterone on a woman that's like trying to get pregnant, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Obviously, it's not safe there. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's other things we can do to manage, you know, heavy periods with PMS or stuff like that. So which I just I literally am like, why didn't anyone ever tell us this? Like I just was like, man, I've got the most heaviest period. I feel like shit ass bags can't get out of bed for a week. And you're just like, you're supposed to deal with it. Yep. And then I started working with you and like my period's lighter because we're taking like different things. I'm on iron, which helps me like after I'm bleeding so much. And I'm like, what? Like everyone needs to get your hormones checked. There are things that can make you feel better. There are definitely things that can make you feel better. Yes. I make a lot of women feel better. Yeah. And what's interesting, (laughs) something I loved, and I remember the first time I met you, you said this, you said, I'm not, I don't want you in the normal range. I want you in the optimal range. Yeah. And I had been to other clinics before. So this is interesting. So my family, uh, my my mom and my sisters all have history with thyroid problems. Mm -hmm. Like every single one of them are on something. And I kept being like, should I? Like, should I get that checked? So I went to a doctor and he's like, no, you're totally fine. And my every single one of my sisters are struggling with it. I could not lose weight. Like I was doing everything right, like eating healthy, working out, couldn't do it. I went to another clinic and they're like, they're like low, but like in the normal, we're not going to do anything. I came to you. And the first thing you said, you're like, oh yeah, like we definitely need to get you on thyroid. I have lost 40 pounds since being on thyroid medicine. And I was like, you actually looked at it like, okay, you're not like below crazy, crazy, but you're not optimal. And I love that you saw that and actually like really knew that that's what I needed because I literally, I've never, I literally have never been able to lose weight. And you, the first thing you said, you're like, oh yeah, your thyroid's like under active. Like, let's get you on this. And all of a sudden I just dropped all this weight. Your metabolism started working. Weird. I know. (laughs) Right. But do you think that like when you were talking, I was thinking, well, but I've been told that a lot too of, Hey, you're in the normal range, but you still feel like crap. So there's a reason you feel like crap, right? Yeah. So the normal range is the average of just of people. People feeling like crap, that's their average normal range. Right. There you go. Right. That's your normal range. But then do you almost run into people that if you tell them like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like we want to believe we are okay. Mm-hmm. And so is it hard to get them to be like, it almost feels like a sales pitch if you're like, okay, but buy this thing because I want you to be optimal. Well, the re- <laughs> It doesn't feel like a sales pitch to me because people are coming and asking because they don't feel good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I've been talking to women and they're like, well, one doctor said I was normal. And then the other one tried to sell me on this thing. And I'm like, okay, but you realize there's a difference between how you're feeling and optimal. Right. And you realize like normal average is like, Joe Schmo and his bag of Doritos is like the 10 people they like. Do you want to be that average of normal? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be the 200 pound yeah. or 300 pound? Yeah. Because that's normal in America. Uh-huh. That's yep. the normal. Well, and even as like moms, when we get together, we're like, oh, I've just been so tired. And we're like, yeah, me too. Like, like I'm, that's normal. I'm so tired. Like we are validating each other in our suckiness. Yeah. Right. We 100%. are. Where you don't have to be. And one of the biggest complaints I get is, Inability to lose weight, mm-hmm. especially as you hit, get closer to like 35, 40. Yeah. Because your metabolism slows for sure. Um, and then fatigue. fatigue. Fatigue is just like feeling, I just don't want to go do anything. I, I work out at the gym. Nothing's happening. I just don't have the energy to do anything. So those yeah. are the two biggest complaints I get from women. That was my biggest complaint. And I feel like for the first time ever, someone listened to me. And now I'm like, wow, I, lit- I literally have the story in my head there is something wrong with me. I cannot lose weight. And it was just that my metabolism sucked. 
Yeah. And, and then it just needed a little boost. We boosted it a little and you're keeping doing what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the thing is you do have to take care of your own. You know what I mean? Right. You do have you to, to do to stuff on your own. Yeah. Exercise. Like, but it gave me the comp. Once I started seeing the weight come off, I actually started working harder. Good. Like I was more committed because I was like, oh my gosh, like this is working. Like I want to feel great. I want to see muscle tone. And so women, you don't have to sit in this, like, this is normal. Like get your hormones checked. And I think same thing. Can we talk about sex, baby? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. talk about you and me. <laughs> but but I think as like, especially in Utah, we're like, oh, like it's such a chore. Oh, I and I sex. think I don't want to do yeah. it. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, I don't know that that is normal. No. And we don't like talking about it. Mm-mm. In Utah, it's, it, yeah, it's some, it can be a taboo subject. However, once you get one-on-one, most women are like, no, let's talk about this. Yeah. And they're totally fine opening up about I it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what would you do for them in that situation? So testosterone is amazing for libido, but there's other things that we have. Um, you know, I, I've done working in OBGYN, you know, you see all sorts of, you know, different genitalia, but see our only outward erectile tissue is our clitoris. And if it's like the size of less than a, you know, a pea, it's hard to even you know, be aroused Stimulant, or want. Yeah. yeah. And so there's other things that we can do. Like I do the O shots or that the PRP shots yeah. um, so in that area. That? So that increases sensitivity like crazy. Does it work? Oh yeah, it works. Okay. I did it. <laughs> I, I'm ashamed, but I got a labiaplasty oh, okay. and now I've lost so much sensitivity. I'm well, so let's get you in it. for an O shot. Yeah. Please. Yeah. It does I know. work. Okay. Because yes. I used to have insane like sensitivity on my clitoris. And they said, like, you can definitely lose sensitivity like with a labiaplasty, but I did the full mommy makeover, like, whatever, snip it up. Like it's not gonna happen to me. I totally lost sensitivity. Oh, no. And I'm sad about it. Yeah. Let's try and get that back. Okay. Let's set up an appointment. Yeah, let's do it. Let's wake <laughs> her up. <laughs> yeah. We okay. want that working. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So what else? So you do the O shot. Yeah. So we do the O shot um, and the testosterone. For women, those two things alone, typically testosterone takes care of it. Yeah. So yeah. And testosterone is going to increase your own natural estrogens, which also help. Okay. As, and same in men, truthfully. You need a certain amount of both to have that sex drive. So is there... This is probably the stupidest question, but is there any, do women need to be doing anything like internally to like make themselves like tighter or newer skin in there or like anything you can do inside? Um, there are, well, as far as like on your own, um, I mean, the research on like Kegel exercises is like here and there. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, the more you can hold everything up and in, the tighter right. it's going to be. Mm-hmm. There are lasers out there. I do not carry any quite yet at okay. my at my spa. Okay. Um, we're new enough that we just don't have that yeah. yet going on. Um, but do there are lasers that um, I for they work. The lasers work more for like incontinence. Okay, so like peeing your yeah, pants. okay, yeah, peeing your pants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you jump and you sneeze and you you know pee comes out, that, yeah. that's that's what those work for. Okay, yeah, we need that. Well, I've actually done it. So I, it was like this wand, uh-huh. it kind of looks like yeah. a dildo and they stick it up there. Uh-huh. And I actually used to pee my pants all the time and I don't anymore. Good. Yeah. See, they do work. Yeah. <laughs> they do I, work. I also kind of thought maybe it was supposed to like tighten things up. And I think there was it, maybe a little bit of improvement, but it wasn't like yeah. huge. It was yeah. more for like pee. Yeah, well, it it helps to basically it, it kind of it tightens things up by helping stim- like basically making that pelvic floor 
work better. Yeah. So. And, and they told me that they also like, it kind of formed new cells for like new mm-hmm. tissue in there to mm-hmm. kind of have like younger, fresher, tighter, fresher, tighter, <laughs> fresher, tighter lady parts. Yeah. <laughs> lady bits. <laughs> but just you not peeing your pants because you were called Pampers. Did I literally? So she my name your pants was all, the all the time. You did. That was, my name was Pampers. And I actually haven't peed my pants in a really long time. <laughs> I am so proud of you. Yeah, I know. It did work. It worked for that. She, yeah. she has to redefine herself. Every I day. know. I'm like, <laughs> she's no longer I'm, Pampers. I'm no longer Pampers. <laughs> that is a, that is actually a winning point. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Okay. So for sex drive, you've got it all covered. Yep. What would you give to someone who's like, I literally am so tired. I can't get out of bed. I have no energy. Okay. So that goes along with um, the thyroid medications and testosterone helps with that, like um, balancing it. So especially if they're not sleeping, progesterone is going to help with that. Um, you know, balancing everything together is going to help basically get you back to where you feel like you're not tired. So you're sleeping better. You have more energy during mm-hmm. the day. Um, again, you know, same thing. Testosterone really helps with that. Um, but having, you know, a certain amount of estrogens as well. Yeah. Um, I rarely give women estrogen because once we put them on testosterone, it increases their natural estrogens. Yeah. And so they're usually okay. Um, so unless they're having like really hot flashes. But yeah, energy-wise, that helps take care of it so much. Um, vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin B12. Um, there's a, you know, there's some other ones like L-arginine, those kind of supplements. And if you get a good supplement source, it's going to work. Yeah. And I see the numbers increase. If you go to Walmart and you buy whatever and it's got sugar in it, it's not going to work. They've done studies mm, really? where they've checked, yeah, some of the supplement brands. So, so you're you, telling me my Costco gummy bear vitamins are doing nothing? It's possible. <laughs> I, I know they're fish oil. Like you have to take four of them oh to get like God. the same as one from to actually like change levels. And I've seen this on the labs. Good thing Ugh. the gummy bears are delicious. So I eat 10 anyways. Yeah. Okay. What, <laughs> She's just popping them. Yeah. Just, what fish oil do you recommend? Like over the, like how would we get? So a couple of good sources I found, um, pure encapsulations. I go, I have people go to a lot. That's a supplement brand, vital nutrients. There's biotech. Um, if you go to any, like really like you could probably even try it. Like any health food store, okay. they're going to have some good, better brands of supplements. Any med spa should carry brands. Good stuff. Yeah. We are looking at actually making our own supplement brand nice. at some point. Um, but I usually will send people to these ones, uh, you know, in the time for the mean, in the meantime. Have you heard or have you had anyone use the doTERRA fish oil? I haven't. That's what I'm using right now. And I really like it, but only it's because when you burp, it doesn't taste like fish. Huh. So I don't know if it's really working or not. Now I'm like, is it actually working? It it might it might be. I don't know. I like as far as that goes, it would be good to check your omegas and see yeah. how's your cholesterol. I don't know. We're we're doing laps soon. So I was gonna you say have to tell me. Yeah, I'll have, yeah. I'll check it. I'll add it on there. Okay. <laughs> I'll, so, I'll, I'll tell you what soon. How <laughs> much can you manage this stuff by like lifestyle versus coming in and getting shots? Um, you can manage it up to, you know, you can manage really well uh, a lot of things with lifestyle and like diets, uh, you know, if your diet's pretty clean and you're exercising for sure. That being said, it's not going to increase your natural testosterone. Right. Yeah. You know that, what I right. Mean? You have to either take a shot or pellets, yeah. right? 
And yeah. I'm so curious to know, because I have friends who are on the pellets, which is like they cut a little slit. Um, and then some who do shots. What's your preference on what works better? It totally... They both work They both work great. The okay. shots are going to work faster. Okay. Um, the pellets, I don't like to start people off on pellets. The reason being, I can't take them out. I've actually had somebody ask me to take them out one time and I was like, okay, it's just it's not... It's in your body. Yeah, it's not possible. You have to wait till it absorbs over about three to four months. Okay. So if we're, you know, we dose you too high or you don't like it. Because some some women don't. Some women All are just they're like... they're raging sexaholics and they're like, I don't yeah, love this. Yeah. Well, and some... I mean, everybody responds to everything differently and they respond to hormones differently or vitamins differently. You know, some things make people sick. Some things, you know, our, our bodies are all different. But I do have, you know, if you do well on testosterone and then you don't want to have to worry about the shots, you just want the pellet for... You just worry about getting a pellet every three to four months. It's a great option. It does take a procedure. You have to come in for a procedure and I have to insert it. Okay. Um, but but I, I do love to know that you don't do it on the first time. That makes sense. Because what if you get it in there and you're like, oh, too much, yeah. too little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband just got him and he lost a ton of weight. So he was going to do a fight and he got shreddy, shreddy. But he got the pellets and it's kind of like by a love handle and it, it swelled up. Mm-hmm. And now he looks like he just has one giant love handle that goes over his pants on one side. <laughs> so is he pretty lean? Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's another patient population that I'm really careful with because you can expel them. If you're too lean, there's not enough because it has to go in the fatty tissue. It does not go into the muscle. <laughs> is it normal for it to like swell up no, like that? No. Uh-oh. Yeah. You gotta get, get that checked. So, yeah, you better get that checked. <laughs> it's a little abnormal. <laughs> okay. Um but that tends to be the cheaper option overall, right? Because it lasts for like, how long does it last? So it, it's it's probably fairly similar. For men, it lasts about five to six months. Mm-hmm. Some men, it only lasts four months. It just kind of depends on how your body metabolizes through it. For women, it's about three to four months. So we charge about $300, three something for a pellet insertion. And for men, it's about like 600 So it comes out to similar... But it can be, it might be a little bit cheaper option. But not like, like significant. significant. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk about weight loss and all the big hype on semi-glutide. Semi-glutide. And then... Trisepatide. um, Yes. Tell us about those. Are they safe? Are a lot of people using them? Yes, we have a lot of people using them. Um, they work basically by increasing your insulin production, decreasing your glucose secretion. They So they change that glucose metabolism. It decreases your risk for diabetes, decreases your cholesterol. I've seen people's blood pressure. I've had a patient that just told me she was taking off her blood pressure medication okay. because after I started her on this and her primary care doctor was like really like surprised about it. Yeah. But um, it also um, delays the stomach from emptying. We call it delayed gastric emptying. And so it makes you feel full. So you don't eat, you just don't feel that hunger all the time okay. and you don't feel those cravings. So you just, I put people on kind of a diet plan where they macro count, they, you know, check what, what they're putting in their body because Sometimes you have to force yourself to eat. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's safe for most people. And it's great for people, especially that are high risk for type 2, di- type two diabetes or mm-hmm. metabolic syndrome or have PCOS. Okay. Anything like that, it's great for them. But I've even had, you know, bodybuilders that we've put on it just to help them cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done great on it. And it's changed, you know, helps with their, you know, glucose metabolism, all of that. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that because I'm actually doing it to cut as well. Uh-huh. I'm uh, actually on it too. Oh, you are? Well, we never even talked oh, about where? this. Yeah. Oh. Which one are so you taking? So I read some aglutide. Okay. So I read something though, and it said that 
it it has the po- there's a possibility for it to cut your muscle and so then you just become skinny fat. Okay, if you're not working out, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> so I have But you to, work the, out a lot. You, well, yeah, the lady told me she's like you've got to increase your protein. Mhm. I have people on so like 50% go, protein. Yeah, can you go through that? Yeah. So I typically will have people on at least 50% proteins in their diet because that's going to help you build muscle, but you also need those like slow digesting carbs to give you that energy because I have had people say you know, some, when you're not eating as much, you're going to lose a little bit of energy. You know, you're not, mm-hmm. you have to fuel your body a little bit, especially if you're still working out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but weight loss, if we're doing it for weight loss, that's a caloric deficit. And so if you're wanting, yeah, if you're wanting that fat loss, you have to have enough proteins on there and you do have to be working out and building that muscle. So, so you have to balance it. Yeah. So I'm interested to know, cause we've never even talked that we're both taking this. Um, I started with the semi-glutide. Am I saying that right? Yeah, semi-glutide. Semi-glutide. And um, I lost 10 pounds, which is awesome, over the course of the couple months. But Mm. it constipated me. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm the extreme end. Like, I literally had to go get an enema. Oh, gosh. Like... I don't know if you remember. I texted you, like, I haven't pooed in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? And like, we had to do like colon cleanse and it was... Horrible. Yeah. So I switched. I'm now doing the Manjaro. Yeah. And I have I don't have any side effects except I literally could go all day with never eating a thing. So I have to make myself eat. You have to force yourself to eat. That's the difference between the two medications. The side effect profiles are so different. Um, Technically, they're the same, but I very few patients. I've had like two patients complain of just some nausea on the Uh trisepatide or some aglutide. Like, and I tried it. I, the next day was in bed for four hours. I could not get out of bed. I was so Hmm. nauseous Uh and just, I felt like horrid. And I was like, well, this is not how you want to lose weight. Yeah. So So are you pushing more people towards the tridepatite? More people choose the tridepatite. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the thing too is I have some people that don't respond to that and they do respond to the semaglutide. So So that's where I'm at. So I was just telling DJ the other day, I've been taking the Monjoro for like, five weeks now and I haven't lost a pound. So I'm like, maybe I'm better on the semaglutide because I lost weight, but yeah. I was so sick. But you're still not hungry on this one. Yeah, I'm not hungry. So it is working. That's true. So hmm, we'll have to discuss that. Well, I also as- told him that this is probably why I got it like six months ago and I just left it in the fridge and never took it. And he's like, Robin, it like gets diluted. Like yeah, it, it, I'm like, Oh, it's like rotten. <laughs> so, it's not rotten, but it might not work as yeah, well. Yeah. He said it. I'm like, Oh shoot. There's an expiration I, date. I just, I, cause I got it six months ago and then I was like, I'm, I just didn't feel ready to take it. So I just started five weeks ago and he's like, I think we need to maybe just try a couple more weeks. And if nothing happens, we need a yeah, fresh batch. Let's do that. I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah. So I guess, guys, it does lose its potency. So yeah, there's an expiration date. You can keep it in the freezer. Freezer? Like, yeah, you can keep it in the freezer until you're ready to use it. See, I wish I would have known that. Uh-huh. I, did, yeah. I just waited too long. But so what I'm saying is I'm not seeing as much weight loss as semi-glutide, but I don't have any side effects. Okay. So we'll, we're, Robin's a work in progress. We're an experiment right now. <laughs> I think I might just have a bad batch because I left it out for six months. Yeah. So what is like the typical person that that would be good for? So really, um, I only have patients typically have to take it for like three to six months Mm. um, to get their loss. And usually they're wanting to lose anywhere between 10 to 50 pounds is typical for the patients that I treat on it. Is it something that once you're done, you're going to gain all the weight back? 
you shouldn't if you keep on what you're doing. Okay. Um, now you start eating cookies and cakes every day. Obviously, you are going to. Yeah. Because that your appetites, you know, it's not not going to be suppressed as much. But once you change and lose that, you know, you kind of get used to eating like that. You're mm-hmm. not as hungry. Yeah. When you lose the weight, that's what I found. So yeah. Even I'll I'll go like two weeks if I go on vacation without ever getting my shot. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't affect the uh-huh. way that I eat because my body's so used to what it is like intaking yeah. that How I'm not even tired. on it. Uh, two months. Have you like lost cut? Have it, is it working? Oh yeah. Like I've gotten a like, lot what's more been shreddy experience? shreds. Really? Yeah. She's like, I can see the muscle tone. Yeah. Yes. Do you no, feel really? like it's more, yeah. have you lost weight? Yeah. And it hasn't been like, anything huge. It's like five pounds, but I think it helped me get over the hump Mm -hmm. because I was sitting at, I think it was like 160. And now I'm, I mean, it goes up and down every single day. Right. But like 154, 152, but it got me over. I have not been able to get past 160 in years. Yeah. And, and do you feel like your muscle tone is different? Yeah. I actually have noticed my damn, it's looking good. But you also put in the hard work and yeah. that's, it's not some miracle weight loss guys. Like you have to work out and eat healthy or yeah. nothing's going to happen. I just think it aids in all those things that you're already doing. Yeah, it does. It does. And I was, for some people, it is actually like a miracle weight loss. Like I've that's seen true. people drop, drop 20, 30 pounds in three months. Oh, my wow. brother-in-law looks yeah. like a completely different yeah. person, but so. he was on it for a long time. He was on it for like eight months and yeah. he lost 50 pounds. Okay. So my biggest fear though is, is this going to be like some fen fen thing in like 10 years where all of us got effed? Like how did they just come <laughs> to the like... market? So like, where has this been? Well, they did. The first one, the Ozempic was the one that was for, for type 2 diabetes and they've gone through all of the studies to get that approved. So the FDA has done, you know, it's probably in the works for 15 years because that's okay. about how long it takes. So it doesn't work the same as fen fen where you're going to get a heart attack. Um, but there are people, you know, it does have an effect on your pancreas, mm-hmm. obviously, because you're increasing your insulin production. Right. Um, so those are some things that we, you know, have to be aware of. Um, and your liver, we have to, you know, check that. It also, if you've ever had thyroid cancer, it can affect it that. It can yeah, give you a more probability yeah, to get it, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a few definitely contraindications for it. Right. So. But overall, it's like safe, right? It. It, yes, it's FDA approved and safe. Yes, for most people. Yeah, I also heard, and this could just—is this true? Is it? Has there been like a shortage of it now because everyone wants it? Yes. Yeah. So we have it mostly compounded because nobody's insurance will cover it. Mm-hmm. So if you can get your insurance to cover it, that's great. You know, under the the brand names, um, especially like the Wagovi or the Manjaro. Mm-hmm. Um, but most insurances won't cover it unless you're type two diabetic yeah. and have like, failed everything yeah. or have gone through gastric bypass or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then that's when they'll cover it. But yeah, we're noticing. We have noticed uh, longer wait times. Uh, people getting their medications even through the compounding pharmacies. Yeah, because so. I heard like everyone want like everyone wants to do it. Why not? It's safe. It's FDA approved, and everyone's having really great yeah. success. Yeah. Are so. we taking it away from the people with diabetes who actually need it? No, because that's the if the people who actually need it and are getting it covered by insurance and the name brand, they're not. They're going to get it. First. They're probably going to get it first. Those right? ones, yeah. They're it, well, and the name brand is totally different than like the compounding okay. pharmacies with the medications. So as far as that goes, I haven't heard of a shortage of that. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just been interesting because I'm like, it's just so it almost seems too good to be true. I know it kind of has been a game changer. Yeah. 
it's interesting because I got a mommy makeover like a year and a half ago. And they said, you know, you want to be to your ideal weight like before. And like, I was working so hard and I lost a couple pounds, but like I just was stuck. Yeah. And now the plastic surgeon that did it, he's now having people go on Mm -hmm. one of these before. And I'm like, freak, like I wish it wasn't even here a year ago. And since my mommy makeover, I've lost 45 pounds. And like, I'm like, shiz, I wish I would have lost that before I got all my skin tingling. Cause now like, honestly, my boobs are a little saggier, like, because you're like, I, I lost done, all this weight. Yeah. And you could have like, you're like, I could have done some of this myself before. And then... Oh, right. But yeah. there, this wasn't even an option a year yeah. ago. But it's interesting because now people who are going to get plastic surgery, they're like, it's almost like you... Reverse. Like they make them take that before. I'm yeah. Like, well, I missed that, it by a year. I could see that that's super helpful for plastic surgery. Especially, like, yeah. Because you don't want to go under the knife if you're, you know, yeah. not... And I was like in good shape. Like I like worked out, but like, I thought I could never get back to this weight. Like this is, I've always been like a skinny person, like, uh-huh. but I just thought since I have four kids and whatnot, I'll never get under like 180. No. But like 180, I was still healthy. Like I, I just, I'm tall and you know, I'm, I'm below 150 now. I haven't seen that since like 10th grade. That's awesome. But I'm like, I wish I would have done that before my mom makeover. I know. I oh, that makes me feel so happy. And no, you can get back to your free body ways. Like I'm, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, I. You look amazing. Yeah, like, you look incredible. Yeah. So I I started bodybuilding and like so it's a lot of it's diet. Yeah. And what you eat, the protein, like we talked about, protein to carb intake. Um, you know, I've tried the uh, like the semaglutide and the trisepatide, but I don't don't have to be on that. So you know, just being on the testosterone and eating clean and all of that, like, yes, we can get back to our. So, can people come to you for like nutrition advice? Yeah, yeah, um, I do. Um, you know, I've I've had some people want like fentramine. Typically, you know, it's just a visit charge. Uh, What's fentramine? So, fentramine is an appetite suppressant, but it's more like that fenfen type oh, stuff. Okay. Yeah, but it it works. It's a stimulant. So it mm. it works while you're taking it. You always it, people always gain the weight back. It's just, okay. So it doesn't do anything that over the new stuff. Oh no, no. Okay, no. And I usually don't do it for more than like three months. Sorry, three <laughs> months. <Great>. Yeah. <laughs> but do you if like people want like macro count or like food plans? Is that something you offer? Um, I am not a nutritionist. When I they do come in for like the weight loss counseling and stuff, we do. I do give them, um, you know, kind of my own brief thing, but I have a lot, I have a couple of referrals, um, in the bodybuilding world, like that are nutritionists that, that do all of that and can come up with full diet plans for them. Um, that's just not something that I do personally. I, I give like recommendations for macro counting. So if people are already used to that, then they can. Otherwise, you know, I can refer them to somebody who can, you know, make a full meal plan for them and and, and an exercise plan for them. Yeah. So this is just personal opinion, but if I'm sure a lot of women come in, they're dissatisfied with the way they look, the way they mm. feel. Would you suggest women start weightlifting? Always. Thank you. Always. Say it again. Yes. yes. You're not going to be a man. Like I lift weights and I can like, the heavier I'd lift, the leaner I'd get. So yeah. how does that work with our bodies and like, you're just, you're building muscle. Kind of preach a little bit. Yeah. So you're building that muscle. That muscle increases your metabolism. That's where that's coming from, right? Mm. And so you can, women can lift pretty heavy. And unless you're naturally, it's just whatever your natural body, you know, shape is. I'm not very big. 
And so I yeah, can very petite. Yeah. So I could lift. You should have seen me. I would on the leg press be like doing 710 what? pounds. Yeah. And I'd still it did all it was was just muscle, you know, before I did a competition. Yeah. So you can definitely lift weights. And like I said, it's gonna increase your metabolism because the more muscle you have compared to fat, you're gonna burn more calories just naturally, just by sitting there. Yeah. So when I talked, sorry, when I talked about I had lost 40 pounds, like when you got me on thyroid mm-hmm. and all that. I wasn't taking the weight loss stuff yet. I lost 40 pounds just from like lifestyle mm-hmm. change, but I failed to mention in that exact time frame, I stopped cardio. I was a cardio junkie. That's all I did. I stopped completely and then switched to weightlifting. And I think that that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still do cardio. Like I'll still do cardio because I, yeah. I, you know, I think doing a certain amount of cardio, mm-hmm, but you don't need to be doing like two hours of cardio That's a day. That's all I did. Yeah. I think I was killing myself and exactly. my adrenals. Yeah. And, yeah, and you get tired. Uh-huh. It drains you. But I just, I had the same mindset as most women. Like, I don't want to look like a man. I don't want to be too husky. Can and I must- started it and I've yeah. never looked thinner. Well, but here's the thing. I look at you and I'm like, you look very feminine. I actually think building muscle just makes you have like your shape is more defined mm-hmm. it gives you that that body tone yeah yeah that muscle tone and but, it looks more feminine mm-hmm. i mean bigger shoulders that yeah. makes your waist look smaller mm-hmm. like right yeah, and a nice booty nice that, like booty. lifted up there yeah. right that's all leg work but you're not gonna get that from lifting five pound weights no no no, no. Doing... you gotta go heavy if you want yeah. if you want a booty that's a little lifted you gotta go heavy on your legs yeah okay yeah and so i i see that too that women are like oh my gosh i want to change this i've been doing um What's that exercise called that you're like, whoop, whoop. high fitness? Yeah, high fitness. Like I've been doing high <laughs> fitness forever and nothing's it's like ever cardio. changed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, but I find that women are not as open to it, just like they probably aren't as open to testosterone yeah. or that's a little scarier. Uh-huh. But I'm glad we're talking about these things and making them more normal. And also like personal testimonies. I don't, everyone's always like, you look so different. I'm like, Lift weights, testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> lift weights, testosterone. That's all I change. I get your thyroid. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and thyroid. Those are the three things for me that like, I'm living my best life. And everyone's I like, it. I just got divorced too. And everyone's like, man, that divorce diet. I'm like, it actually wasn't that. It's just because I took testosterone, thyroid, and I go to the gym every day. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. But also like sleep is a big hormone regulator too, yes. right? Yeah. If you're not sleeping regularly, you're going to you know, your cortisol levels are going to go up. You're going to store more fat. What are some things that we can naturally do for sleep? For sleep. Um, Obviously, (laughs) the normal things like don't sit on your phone in bed and Uh look at social media. Right. Uh, You know, like decreasing screen time. But I mean, there's like, you know, different lavender, you know, like oils Oils. that you can take or um, I I personally like like matte baths, like chamomile lavender baths with Epsom salts, that kind of thing. Um, Obviously you can, you know, there's some supplements like like Unisom or melatonin. Um, Those are helpful. Um, 5-HTP can be one. That's a supplement that can be helpful for sleep. I've never heard of that actually. That increases your serotonin levels, but it can kind of relax you. Okay. So, hey, I just heard that melatonin is actually not good for you. If you take it all the time, yeah. Because yeah, I heard that too. It's going to disrupt it your hormone. Own, yeah, it's going to disrupt your own hormones. Okay. So, but same as no things. one has ever said that that yeah. is a hormone. Yeah, it is a hormone. Melatonin is it bad is a- to give yourself or give your children melatonin every night? Um, 
I mean, I I wouldn't give it to him every night, but occasionally it's not going to hurt. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Is it, but if you're if you're dependent on it, yeah, it's going to downregulate your own hormones. Right. Kind of like you know when we're giving you anything else. Right. And that reverses over time. So if you stop, you're going to start making your own, but it could be a year or two okay. before that regulates again. Okay. So yeah, we had a conversation not long ago with someone else, and she was saying that like there's more studies coming out that we're overdosing on melatonin and it's like not good for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good for you to take all the time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I give my kids melatonin once in a while. So do I. That's why I'm like, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> well, I, don't like- I, I feel like, cause um, me and my ex-husband, we do a week on week off of parenting. Mm-hmm. So I have them for seven days and then they go away for seven days. When they come back, their sleep schedule is really crazy. I don't know that they have like a consistent gotcha. bedtime. So the first of the week I always give, um, it's like a half a milligram. Yeah. Is that, a, is that okay? Yeah. I give it to them for the first two days just to get back into like a routine. Because if I don't, they don't go to bed. No. And if <laughs> that's the thing, if you don't have them on like my ex and I have the same sleep schedule that yeah. we had when we were married. Uh-huh. So yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think you're going to destroy your kids' lives. Yeah. (laughs) I just, for me, I'm like, I don't know that they have consistency of Uh bedtime over there and like to each their own, but I'm trying to get really consistent here because hello, single mother, like I need my children to go to bed at a certain time. Uh And so I I need my own time. And so I've noticed that if I give them the first two days to come back a little bit of melatonin, then we like, it helps. Yeah. But I also don't want to be poisoning my children. No. I don't think you're poisoning children. I think that, you know, those little gummies that they make. Yeah. And they're half a milligram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not enough to, and if it helps them sleep, then. Someone actually told me, because I was worried about this. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be giving them melatonin after we had this other conversation. So someone told me, give them magnesium. Magnesium can help too. Like I said, it's helped just as much. Yeah. That's true. I don't know if it'll help just as much, but it's definitely a relaxant. Okay. So. All right. So what about, so my husband actually takes magnesium every night. Mm -hmm. Um. I think it's called Calm. Have yeah. you ever taken that? Yeah. I actually have it in a um, powder form. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what we have too. Yeah. And I've heard it's really good for you. So what mm-hmm. are the benefits of magnesium? Benefits of magnesium. So it is a muscle relaxant. It can help. It helps. Basically, it helps uh, stuff move smoothly like through your digestive tract too. So if you're constipated at all, like magnesium is a really good one to take for that. Um, those, are, those are the main benefits of it. Um, it's going to you know, help, it helps with your like calcium work better. It helps just everything. Just balance of, everything yeah, out. Balance everything out. But it's more, rela- it's more of a relaxing hormone or not hormone, sorry, supplement, um, vitamin. Okay. That's the word. So we should all be taking that too. I love magnesium. Yeah. yeah. And, and is it true that most people don't have enough of it? That is debatable because again, you know, what, you can't really generalize, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like what is the what standard. is the standard amount? Like it's a water soluble vitamin, so what you're not utilizing, you're gonna pee out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like calcium where it's gonna start causing like stones. Build up. Yeah, yeah. If you're taking too much of okay. it. Okay. All right. So if a woman is like Kim, I have low sex drive. I feel like a I'm not losing weight. What are like the five things you would put them on? Um, so I recommend, I mean, depending on what their hormones say, well, a lot of times it's right. going to be testosterone. Um, progesterone is helpful for sleep. Um, a lot of times we're managing thyroid, like you said. Um, 
losing weight, one of those two medications is amazing. The semaglutide, the terzepatide. Okay. Um, and some supplements, like the, just this, and the supplements I really, you know, kind of depending on what the different hormones say. Like if I feel like something's binding up your other hormones, then there's, you know, you can take boron or, you know, DIM is a really good one. That's one that everybody on testosterone should be on. It balances your estrogens. Mm. So you have more inflammatory estrogens versus your benefit estrogens. So, um, you know, those are probably the Standard-ish. Yeah, those are those are the ones that are the most common recommendations okay. that we have. Yeah, and what I love is that your plan is going to be personalized. They're going to take a blood test and they'll uh-huh. see. And remember, she's a doctor, so she's going to see like X, Y, and Z isn't working. So then we're going to add more of this or more of that to make it all flow. Exactly. Not one person's going to be the same. No. And then I'm usually very responsive to my patients. Um, very available if something's not working. Uh, you know, they can, it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. Yeah. And manage things. So, where can they find you? Do you have an Instagram? How do we contact you? We do have an Instagram and it is Katie Wellness. So, capital K, capital D, Wellness. Okay. Our website is kdwellnessut.com. Okay. Um, our Instagram is KD, hang on, let me see, KD underscore wellness. Okay. Um, and then I have another one that's kd.wellness.kim.dnp. So we kind of combined ours when yeah. DJ and I got together, but we post things on the same. Yeah. Yeah. And is KD for Kim and DJ? Yep. I love that. <laughs> um, DJ is her partner and he's a very close friend of mine. I've known him since he was a kid and they are like, you guys, please go and check them out. I'm telling you, I, they come highly recommended by me. Can I slip in one more question? Sure. You do Botox, right? I do do oh, Botox. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. We have to talk about Botox. I love Botox. Okay. So tell us like pros, cons, ins, outs. There's mostly pros. Um, <laughs> 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 Let's be real here. Yeah. Um, so basically it's going to stop the muscle movement. So that, that muscle... Um, the dynamic muscle movement that you have. Now, so if you had come to me and you have these deep lines that like static lines, nope, see that you're, you'd be completely smooth. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have those deep static lines. So when you're relaxing it's and I, smooth. it's yeah. So it would just smooth it out and keep it that way. Okay. But see, when you raise up, like those are going to start sticking the older you Eventually, get. Eventually, they'll be there forever. Yeah. So it basically stops that. Unfortunately, the, the cons, it doesn't last more than three to four, you know, mm-hmm. like three to four months-ish. Yeah. Uh, it depends on how you metabolize it. But the pros are you're going to get that less muscle movement. So it actually atrophies the muscle and stops it from working. You know, so I've actually been able to, over time, go longer periods before mm. treating, which oh, is kind of crazy. Can, yeah. Um, because I used to metabolize through it like crazy. Like Botox would last maybe a month and a half. Dysport wow. would last like two and a half. On okay. Me. I just have a high metabolism. So, so what about all the people that are like, you're just inserting toxins into your body? It's not. It, I mean, it's in. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> it's a. It's a botulinum toxin. It's made from a bacteria. Is it harmful? I, it can be if you ingest it. Yes, but not in the muscle. No, okay. it's, it's not going to, you know, the, the biggest downsides are going to be if you get an injector that drops a brow or gives you a lidtosis or something like that. So it's not necessarily the medication, it's who's injecting. Yeah. That's more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. As okay. far as like side effects um, for cosmetic, they're really, you know, for the most part, those, those are the side effects are going to be, you know, what you see. It's not, it's not systemic. Mm, okay. Yeah. And I've, I've never really seen, I mean, you can hit a nerve with it if, if you're really that lucky. To, yeah. 
Unlucky. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, you're not ingesting it or anything like that. So it's not systemic. Okay. So as far as like long-term effects. Nope. It wears off after three, four months. It's not ruining your health. No, not at all. Not Um, at all. Botox versus Dysport. What do you recommend? I usually prefer Dysport. It kicks in faster. And for most of my patients, it lasts a little bit longer. But some people respond better to Botox. It's kind of like the semaglutide and trisepatide thing. So people just respond a little differently to each one. So, and you guys offer injections, correct? Uh-huh. You're yeah. the injector. I am the injector. And I love it. I know. We're in the process of hopefully hiring another one. Um, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you guys are busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And um, filler. Do you guys do filler? I do do filler as well. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? I love filler. Um, I've had, you know, I, I, most of my patients come to me and want a more natural look, and I've done all of my, all of my own work. So, and I don't know, like, if you can tell what I've had done, but I've done my cheeks, I've done my jaw, Uh I've done my lips, um, you know, I've done under eye stuff. I've had some threading done. Okay. Um, you know, my goal is to look like I'm 35 for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Isn't that all of our goals? I just wanted to stay at 35 for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) If I can Um, keep it there. Most people, if they come in and want to start with filler, is it just lips usually? A lot of people want lips, but so, and a lot of people like will say, take a look at me, what would you do? And I can just be like, most people could use some cheek filler mm-hmm. and we can do cheek filler without making you look like you have like these huge cheeks or like that, the like, lion huge- lady. Yes. I've never made anybody look like that. You That yeah. would take... I don't even know how many syringes that would take. Oh. You got to think about one syringe is literally a quarter of a teaspoon of product. It's not that much. Right. You're not going to overfill with a few syringes of something in your yeah. face. Um, and you can still get that natural look. And a lot of people don't think... They think they want, you know, a half a syringe in the lips and that's, you know, all that they can take. Most people can handle a full syringe and it just swells initially and then settles down. Okay. So... I've never done lip filler, but I did get my under eyes done about a year ago and I loved it. I had, I just naturally have these really dark, yeah. like saggy eyes and, and it just, wow. Like I didn't even feel like I had to wear makeup anymore. It just made my eyes look, I looked alive. Yeah. It can be a game changer for some <laughs> it people. It really was. It was for me. And it, it's not, I mean, it's not right for everybody. Like if you're really herniated, if you have those herniated fat pads, it's just going to make those worse. But right. like, yeah, if you mm. just have that kind of sunken I in. Sunken, mm-hmm. sunken. Yeah. I know it's kind of a good, it's a yeah. good option for that. And I can, I, it's been a year and I know it only lasts about a year. So I can, I'm like, I think it's going away, but like people are like, what's changed? It, it literally like changed yeah. how yeah. I looked. So not in like a, I was trying to change how I look, but I just didn't look tired all the time. No, and it's nice to, it's basically what we do with filler and Botox is just to enhance what you already have, kind of keep that youthful look going, not to make you look like this whole different person. That's, you know. You, yeah, we don't want to change what no, you look like. Or, no. Yeah. That's so. probably more psychological at that point. Yeah. 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 If you're like if you're to, going to try to change how you look, you like, got bigger problems. <laughs> make me look like Angelina Jolie when she was this age. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do you have people that bring you in photos? I do. It was usually for lips. They like want their lips to look like this. And we have to go with your natural shape. So there's mm-hmm. only so much we can do. You know, I can I can shape lips a little bit, but it's with your natural shape. I can't build you an entirely different shape New of lips. lips. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, New just, lips. that's just hard, you know, and that's impossible. I love it. Okay, Britt, did you have any more questions? I think that covered everything for me. I love this so much. I really think women are going to listen to this and just become more aware that they need to they need to put in the effort to get checked and see what's going on. Because I promise you, ladies, me, Britt, and Kim can tell you three out of three, we got our home runs checked. And honestly, 
they were able to make us feel better. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will tag Kim and all of her things in the show notes. so You can find her. Um, we appreciate you guys. And we hope that everyone goes and gets their hormones checked. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being it. here. Bye yes. guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you loved it, please share and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Did you know that you actually can help us build this community online by leaving a positive review? Remember, there's no community without you. Stay engaged with us on social media and check out our website for community building activities.